What's up? Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, listen, we want to take a moment. We want to welcome all of you in the room. And those of you who are online with us, uh, it is my favorite time of year. You know what time of year it is? Fall. You can you know tell what? outside. It's yeah, gross you, today. You can tell outside. But you know what that means? Pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. That's right. She knows. It is pumpkin everything. Did you know? Did y'all know? Last Tuesday was National Pumpkin Day. Nobody knew that. I knew knew that. that. I knew that. It is pumpkin everything. So pumpkin bread, pumpkin spice latte. Yes and amen. Both of those together. And for you. It's football. That's uh, what football means. Yes, it's football. But some of the men, I mean, some of the ladies like football too. So I'm not, that's right. And I would love to believe Just like some, some of the guys like pumpkin spice exactly. lattes. It's just, it's, it's, exactly. Yeah. We, we, right. we like similar things. But the season's changing. I don't know about you guys, but our yard is full of leaves. Like Johnson blew our driveway and then like three hours later, yeah. it's full of leaves again. So, but for us, it's a perfect, ser- perfect time to close out our series, Family on Purpose. And so we're gonna close out that series today. And uh, if you were with us at the XO Conference, uh, Johnson and I, yes, come on, amen. We recently spoke uh, on this idea of the changing of seasons. And so we know some of you weren't there and some of you weren't able to be there who are online with us, but it's such an important message that we wanted to take time this morning and we wanted to unpack it a little bit more because just like the seasons changing outside, seasons are changing inside. In fact, they're changing inside our family. Take a tear right there. Our oldest, Jeremiah, who's actually here with us this morning, is a senior in high school. They love it when we call him out in a moment. And Hopefully he won't be a senior next year as well. <laughs> no. Gotta do your homework, bro. No. But he's preparing for college. It's his last year of high school. He's preparing for college. And so it's this new season for us. And I can remember the moments that we walked him into that kindergarten classroom, but no longer now. It's his last year. Yeah, and uh, his little brother, our 13-year-old Isaac, uh, he, he loves playing the little brother role because he'll, when he sees us kind of talking about it, he said, ah, I'm gonna, you guys are gonna be so sad and I'm gonna be so happy because I get his room. And then he, say, he says this, little jerk. He says, he's actually said this. He says, and, and just wait, in four more years, I'm gonna be gone. And then you guys are gonna be all alone. And he goes, <laughs> and he runs away. Stinker. And, you know, he's laughing, but we're struggling. And I don't know, you know, depending on your age and season of life, like some of you have already gone through this season, but this is not easy. Like they say it's going to be hard, but there's no way to really prepare for it. Like I, I didn't feel that. And, and now it's here upon us right now. In fact, recently I had to take Jeremiah out um, not too long ago to, to breakfast and just apologize to him for kind of like being hard on him in this last season because I'm going through a lot of emotions. And so I started sharing with him there in the, there in the restaurant. I'm like, hey, buddy, it's just, we're doing this. It's because I'm feeling this because this is about to happen in your life and you're not gonna be around as much. And, and I'm crying, he's crying right there in La Madeline. <laughs> and, and I was telling a friend of mine about this and he gave me a book um, by a guy named Paul David Tripp and it's called Midlife and the Grace of God. And I'm like, Midlife? And then I'm like, wait a second. I start, I start doing the math. I'm like, wait a second, 43 times two. Oh, no. <laughs> You're middle. You know, I'm looking in the mirror. Yes. I'm seeing the wrinkles, and I'm like, oh, no. And the weight's not coming off as easy. I'm like, dang it. I am old. Like, I, this is midlife. This is what midlife feels like. And there in the book, um, he, the, the author starts talking about midlife and, and, and the seasons of life like you're standing in a pile of leaves, right? Like the leaves that are off the trees, the leaves of the seasons that have gone by, the leaves of the seasons that are over, right? Like the, I, I know I don't, I don't even want to say this, but the leaves of T-ball are off the trees, right? Like I can't put them back on. 
like the leaves of, of preschool, the leaves of elementary, the leaves of middle school, almost the leaves of high school are on the ground, the leaves of being chauffeur, the leaves of dropping them off over at friend's house for sleepovers, the leaves of proms and homecomings, like it's fall, right? And there's, there's a lot of memories here, and there's a lot of things we need to celebrate here, but if we're really honest, there's some sadness here, right? Because I, try as I may, like I cannot glue these leaves back on the trees and do it again. Right. Right, like these seasons are over. Like we were talking about this. Summer will never be a room mom again. I will never be a a, a baseball coach again, unless the Braves call or you know what I'm saying. But uh, I I was actually just recently listening to a podcast uh, by a guy named Patrick Lencioni, and and it was called Change is Easy, but Transition is Hard. And he's basically saying this, like the act of change itself usually isn't that difficult, right? Um, The transition, which is the emotions, which is the heart work, is actually the hard work, right? Like think about it. Like I know some of you would disagree with this statement, but actually getting married is not very hard, right? Now you're like, no, it's, no, come on, listen. The two of you, right, just go, go, like you don't even know that person. Just go down to the court. You can get married today. Like that change is not, is not difficult, but the transition of two separate individual autonomous independent people becoming one, that's difficult because that season of singleness is over. Now a new season of marriage has begun, right? Like when you think about it, it's not that difficult usually for your kid to get their license What's difficult is the transition of seeing them drive out of the driveway, right? And then getting some freedom, right? Because that that season of being the chauffeur is over and now a new season of prayer life has begun (laughs) and the life of a parent, right? The, 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 the change of your child moving out of the house isn't that difficult, right? Like just get a truck, put some stuff in the back of it, they're gone, right? The transition of not as many laughs in the house. They're not there at dinner as often. Come on, that shared time. That's what's excruciating. Because that that season of them being dependent is over. Now a new season of them being independent has begun. And that season's upon us now. Right, we're in that season where the leaves are almost, they're not completely gone, we're still holding on. Um, They're not completely gone off the tree of Jeremiah being home in the house full time, but he's about to launch into adulthood. Like we're preparing him to launch. We've been spending the last 17, 17 and a half years preparing him to launch into adulthood. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. So when they get older, they won't depart from it. So we've been doing that because here's what we know. He's going to launch. Absolutely. He is, he is. going to, you're going to launch into adulthood. Like there's no doubt. I'm just letting you know right now. You will not be in our basement playing college. No, you will not. Forever. Yeah. But we, the reality is we see so many kids experiencing this failure to launch. Many of them, they don't even want to get their license. I know people who have kids in their early 20s and they're like, I just don't want to get my license. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'll just take an Uber. Yeah. If they have the money, because sometimes they're not even working, right? Or they're, they're living in their parents' basement till they're almost 30. And so... What we see is that they do not have this, this vision for their life. They don't know what's next for, for them in this season. So we have committed together. We're not gonna do that. Nope. We're not gonna do that to you, right? And so we are moving this forward. We wanna make sure they're moving forward, launching into the vision that God has for their life. But many times what we see is once the kids change and start stepping into their next season, it reveals as parents that we're not ready for our next season. And so what what this often leads to so often is this thing that we're seeing happen more and more and more, this thing called empty nest divorce. And so what we see is when the kids move out and that season is over, that many times the marriage is over. There's been this surge of empty nest divorce over the last several years, and and the rate has uh, jumped from 10% all the way up to a 25% divorce rate. And so we want to talk about a few reasons why that's happening. Yeah, well, 
you know, I don't know if she, you caught that, but basically saying, hey, when the kids are out of the house, we prepared them for their next season, but we didn't prepare ourselves for our next season. Yeah. And, and so there's some factors that lead into empty nest divorce. One of them is regret, okay? Um, Charles Dickens, the author, he said this. He said, regrets are the natural property of gray hairs. In other words, everybody has regrets, but the older you get, usually the more regret you have because you've lived more life and you're starting to be a little bit more reflective upon those previous seasons and the leaves that are on the ground. And so uh, we all have regret, but maybe it's that regret of, of, of the one night stand, the regret of the abortion, the regret of your divorce, the regret of I didn't get my kids to Jesus. I didn't get them to church enough. I didn't prepare them for growing up. I didn't, uh, I didn't help them with their homework, I worked too much, we didn't take enough vacations, whatever that is, there's that regret. And what happens is you get to this place where you wanna glue the leaves back on the trees, but you know you can't, you can't call a mulligan, you can't do it over again, and all you're left doing is looking at the leaves that are on the ground, and it's overwhelming how much you feel like you messed everything up and you can't redeem it, and a lot of people snap, they take it out on their spouse, and they push away, and a marriage dies. Yeah, and... Another reason many times you can see empty nest divorce is there's this loss of identity. Uh, you know, over time, our identity can get tied into our kids. Why? We've been training them. We've been raising them up. We've been pouring into them, sewing into them, taking them everywhere, right? So if I'm not a room mom, then who am I? If he's not a baseball coach, right, then, then who is he, right? A chauffeur, the, the list goes on. So people can oftentimes go through this identity crisis once their kids are stepping out and moving into this next season because they haven't developed themselves for the past 20 years. And so what we can see is all of a sudden they look in the mirror and they don't like what they see. So one of two things happens. Either they shut down, they completely isolate and, and go the other way, or they get super focused on self. All of a sudden, IG is blowing up. All the socials yep. blowing up. What's up, y'all? That's always look the red me. alert. Hey. Anytime. Before I look at your feed and all it is is selfies. Uh-oh. <clears throat> of you, right? Uh-oh. Yeah. All these going on. Cosmetic procedures, you name it. So, I mean... It, Johnson Hill Bowie. What? I just said your middle name. You did. I did say it. But it's because that when we haven't poured into ourselves and if we've just been pouring into our children, right, receiving different things, we can just have this loss of identity. Yeah, the pendulum swings all the other way and I try and find my identity in all these other things, right? right? Um, uh, another reason why um, empty nest divorce is what we would just say years of marital neglect. So uh, you, a lot of you have heard this statement like, hey, we're gonna stay together for the sake of the kids, Right? And so basically what you're doing is you're delaying dealing with things. And then the reality is the day is going to come when the kids move out, the kids go and do their thing. And then rent is due. You know what I'm saying? Like all, all the years of conflict that you've pushed off, all the years of over, overworking, all the years of, of being lost in identity and all those sorts of things, the rent is due and there's this huge explosion. Then you look at the person and you're like, you're just my roommate. Mm. Like we've just, we've, we've lived on this common life to raise the kids, but now the kids are out and we never developed us. Right. And again, the marriage dies. And what it really means is this, is this kind of overarching idea. Here's the last, the last thought of empty nest divorce is that we didn't prepare for our next season. That's really what it means is that um, what we've done is we've over-focused on now and we've under-focused on next. Does that make sense? We've over-focused on now and we've under-focused on next. Yeah, when our kids move on, it's it's this time where what we can we start to see is that for the last 18 years, all we did was plant for them. All we did was water for them. I'm going to take them places. I'm going to do things. And our kids deserve our love. They need our love. They need all these different things. And we focus and we water and we do all these things. But many times we start spending, so we overdo it on there and we neglect this or we neglect this. And so when that season is over, we're left and we're standing in a pile of yesterday's leaves. But there's no new trees for us. And so that's why so often uh, people will get divorced after their kids move out is because they've been so focused on their kids that they've never planted for their own future. And so it's important that we recognize the, se the, we recognize the season 
and we release our children so that they can flourish, but it's equally important that we have vision for the season that lies ahead of us, intentionally planting seeds for our future, intentionally planting seeds for our future, because uh, that's where we wanna be. We wanna vision be planting seeds for our future. Yeah, so with that thought, like what if we thought about the seasons of life in these two ways? Leaves and seeds. So the seasons of life is leaves Mm -hmm. as seeds. So here's the the idea. Leaves is what is done. Leaves is the stuff in the past. Leaves uh, are the previous seasons. Leaves are the things that have come to an end. Leaves are are the regrets and the celebrations, both ends of the spectrum, right? Leaves are the things of the past, the seasons that just aren't coming back, even if we wanted them to. But then we have the seeds, right? This is the future. This is the potential. This is the faith. This is, this is the things that we want to invest in. I'd, I'd even say like this. This is what we're sowing into that's going to grow up, that we're going to sit in the shade of those trees right. in the future seasons. This is what we're going to eat the fruit of in the future seasons. So while the leaves are falling off the trees, are we still investing for the next season? That's the big question, right? Because there will be times that we find ourselves at the end of a season, right? Like the, the ballet practices, they're not there anymore. The gymnastics meets in the piano recitals. Like, like it's, it, that season has come to an end. The season of swipe right is over. Some of you are like, Jesus, thank you. Please speak it into my life, <laughs> right? The leaves of being single. One day are gonna be off the tree, right? And one day, fast forward all the way. The leaves of working full time, one day will be off the tree. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of amen to yeah. that, I think. Okay, yeah. but here's the question. Here's the question. What seeds did I sow in the last season right. that I will enjoy the fruit of in the next season? Right, right. Don't wait until you're in that season to start planting or else you won't have anything to eat, right? See, we, we see this all throughout the Bible. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, mm. right? We know that. We know, like, you, somebody would ask you, is that in the Bible? Absolutely, that's in the Bible. But th- this, is, this is a spiritual reality. This is the reality with a lot of people who, who finish working, right? Working full time. What happens is they find themselves standing in, in the pile of leaves, and what, what they realize is, I spent the last 50 years sewing into my job, working overtime, developing my skills, trying to climb the corporate ladder and all that. And then they stop working. And then they look down and then they look up and they're like, I have nothing left. Mm. Because they didn't have a next. They didn't sew into the next season. So here's what happens is when work is over, I'm over. Mm. Which is why a lot of people actually die a few years after they stop working full time because they lost their purpose. Yeah. Because their purpose was tied to their job. All they did was sow to this, and now when that harvest is done, there's no more future harvest because they didn't sow into anything else. And so this principle of sowing and reaping is all throughout the Bible. Summer just mentioned it a second ago, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's sowing and reaping. Yeah. Right? Do you see it? That's sowing and reaping. In fact, that word old right there in the Hebrew, it implies side whiskers. What it's really saying is from puberty and beyond, you will reap the harvest of what you sow into your kids, right? Some of you guys know this, right? If if your kids are in the right age, you you will harvest, come on somebody, you will harvest at 11, 12, 13, what you sowed at four, five, six. So if you don't like what you're reaping, Check what you're sowing. Yeah. A lot of people love complaining about church, about their spouse, about their kids, about their job, about their life. They complain about what they're reaping, but they never check what they're sowing. Right. right. Come on. So the truth is we will reap tomorrow what we plant today. Yeah. So here's the big question, right? How are we investing in the right things today so we'll bear the right fruit tomorrow. We'll have the right harvest tomorrow. Right, we don't want emptiness, divorce to be anywhere close to our family. And so we have to sow good seeds today so that we can reap that good fruit tomorrow. And so when we talk about the family, there's three areas where we have to sow seeds for our future season. So today we wanna talk about three family trees where we sow seeds. 
three family trees where we sow seeds. And so the first one, the first area that we sow seeds in Thank you, Vanna. You're welcome. You like that? I don't know that Vanna gets a tree in her face, though. It's is our soul. It's our soul. And let me just say, I can't stress this enough. Right? Many times we do not care for our soul, but we have to care for our soul. Because an unhealthy soul, let me tell you, it will self-destruct in your family. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you can clap, because that's good. And it's true. Because here's, here's what we see. Many times there are people who are single because they don't want to deal with unresolved past issues. We see people getting married like, man, put a ring on it, put a ring on it, and like, I'm just going to ignore this stuff, right? Then they get into marriage, and it's falling apart within a few months because they just wanted to get married, but they didn't want to deal with the issues of the past. So they come with all this baggage oh, to the altar. Somebody. Like, yeah, you, you wake got- up on the honeymoon, you're like, ah, <laughs> and it's not the makeup, it's them. Like they've been hiding them, who the real them the whole time. Who are you? We're so honoring. It's true. <laughs> like, who did I marry? Right, but so when we just see them dealing with these different things, but then here's the other thing, right? So, so maybe they get past that, or we see parents who are putting their issues on their kids. And they wonder why their kids are dealing, why, why are they acting like that? But in reality, they haven't dealt with their own stuff and they're putting their stuff on their own kids. We have to care for our soul. Like it is of utmost importance. And so a few areas how we care for our soul. The first thing is this, man, see a counselor, see a therapist, come see a pastor at the church. Yes. There is a stigma of, oh, I can't go. I can't talk about my stuff. Let me tell you, you don't talk about your stuff. You deal with it with Jesus, but you got to deal with it with somebody else because if you don't process through it, it's going to come out. Yeah. It's going to come out. We see a counselor. Yeah. I see it. We see a counselor. We have our own counselor, right? That's why we have forward here, forward ministry at the church. Um, We have pastors here. You have to work through your past trauma and issues. You cannot push past and think, oh, I'll just get over it. It's going to surface somehow. But you also care for the soul by doing doing things that you enjoy, having fun, right? Find a, yes, find a hobby you love, right? And, And go have fun, build relationships. We live in a digital age. So I know everybody's like, oh, who's the, oh, they snapped me or oh, on IG. We're now friends because I clicked a button. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can have digital, but like go build relationships, have friendships. Uh, We also see many times people will disappear when they have kids. It's like, okay, it's my three and me. Let's go off here and do our own thing and isolate. Listen, I'm not saying you neglect your family time for friend time. But I wanted, what I want to do is I want to encourage you to get out, have time for you, and have fun. And then the last way uh, we care for our souls is this way. It's just it's by receiving the love of God. Yeah, so, you know, this is one of our core values is that the secret to every healthy family is 1 John 4, 19, which is we love each other because he loved us first. Yeah. You want to know how does your marriage work? How does your family work? How, how do you raise up your kids, right? Like, how do you, how do, you do it? First John 4, 19 is that because he loves us, we can love each other. Yeah. Right? It's this overflow. And what our families really need is the love of Jesus. Why? First Corinthians 13. Because his love is patient. It's kind. does not envy. It does not boast. It's not rude. It's not proud. It's not self-seeking. His love never fails. And so if I can receive that love... I can give that love. How much would a love that never fails transform your family, transform your singleness, transform your marriage, transform your future and your past? But here's the reality. I can't give what I don't have. I can't write a check for something that's not in my account. So I have to be receiving the love of God so I can give the love of God. We even say it like this. I get love from him so I can give love to them. Right. I get love from him so I can give love to them. This is why we say this, is that if this is good, this is gonna be good. But if this is not good, this is not gonna be good. Right. And we were made to receive the love of God. And here's my promise to you guys, is if you're not receiving the love of God, you will go somewhere to try and find a substitute. Mm-hmm. Right? And usually we try and get the love of God from our family, and that's like putting too much weight on an elevator. It's not meant to carry that. And we end up blaming our family that they can't give us the love that we need. 
right? This is why there's a 40% chance of, of divorce, right? In this direction, 40% chance of divorce the first time. There's a 67% chance of divorce on the second marriage and a 74% chance of divorce on the third marriage. Wow. And it keeps going up. Why? Because what it's showing us is it's not their fault. Yeah. Usually. I know there's extenuating circumstances. Yeah. But here's, here's what it's really saying is, is like they just can't give me the love that I need. Guess what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, listen. You're right. They can't give you the love that you need. There's only one person who can. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And if you leave your family because they can't meet your needs, listen, you'll leave the next family too. Yeah. Because you're going and looking for something that only God can give you. And we were made to receive this so we can give this. Right. Because if this is good, this is gonna be good. And that's why we say that the best gift that you can ever give your family is a heart that loves Jesus. A heart that receives the love of Jesus. Yeah. Because that transforms me, that'll pull me, the love of God will pull me out of an affair. It'll rescue me from pornography. It'll change the way I, I relate to my spouse. It'll change the way that I talk to my kids, right? Because that love transforms me from the inside out. And if I receive it, I can give it. Right. And here's, here's the idea for this, right? As we're planting and investing into our soul is that this may look different in different seasons, right? Depending on your age, the age of your kids, if you have kids, the season of life, the season of work, and all those sorts of things. Investing in your soul may look a little different, like, right? We meet a lot of like young moms who are beating themselves up because they can't have a, a, a solid quiet time because they have toddlers. I remember. Right? You know, give yourself some grace in the different seasons because that season will pass, right? And there will be another season that's coming up. But here's the reality. No matter what season you're in, take the time to prioritize investing in your soul because it will impact everything else. Out of, out of the overflow of the heart, right? It, it come the issues of life. It'll transform everything that you do. Yeah, so three family trees where we sow seeds. So the first one is our soul. And then the second one is Dana. our marriage. It's our marriage. And so here, here's the way we do this, right? It's having deeper conversations. Here's what I like to say. Put the phone down. Come on. Take the remote off button, right? Like have those conversations, like meaningful conversations. I think more and more we're so addicted to looking at our phone and we're having a conversation, but we're really not fully engaged because we're not looking and seeing one another eye to eye. It's having those deeper conversations. It's, it's going on walks together. We love to go on walks together. That's something that we like to do. It's having consistent date time. Let me tell you, the, the less that you spend time dating, right, the more just, you were talking earlier about that, where it can become almost like roommates. It's important to spend time dating your spouse because if you don't, it just is like we're doing life together but we're not really investing in one another and having that time. So it's having fun, it's cultivating hobbies together. We love to get out in the yard together and do gardening things. I know that sounds random, but we are those people. Johnson is a tree person, so he likes the trees. I trimmed those trees right he before the service. He trimmed the trees, he did. <laughs> but it's doing fun things together. I did. He really did. did, he legitimately did. <laughs> Um, but we love to do things together. Like we both are scuba certified, so we uh, go scuba diving together. So it's consistently just having fun and dating and spending time with one another so later we can reap the harvest of that time together and sowing those seeds and have this lifelong marriage that's fun and fulfilling and, and where we can just live in God's will for the rest of our lives. Yeah. We can't neglect our marriage. And so uh, one of the ways that we sow into our marriage, sow seeds into our marriage, is we have a rhythm for how we do vacations. So every year, um, we try and do two vacations a year. We'll do one big one. And usually uh, we'll do one, if we do one big one with us, which is like nicer, then we'll do a smaller one with the kids. So we have our time, and then we have our time with the kids. Because we all know. It's not, it's not a vacation. vacation if your kids are with you. Yeah. I mean, it's an extent of a vacation, but it's not a full marital vacation. 
Right. I like the way you're talking right yeah, now. That's right. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> and our son's probably embarrassed on the front row. Uh, but it's true. You have to sow those seeds. I can remember people when we were younger and we'd go spend time. And I'm so thankful for uh, grandparents who live close because they've always taken the time to be with our kids and have that time with them. Yes. Yeah, my mom's right here. Yes, she is. <laughs> hey, mom. And love our kids so we can invest in our marriage. And people will be like, oh, I just can't leave little Johnny or Susie. I just don't know that I can be away from them that long. Okay, well, when you get older, I'm just telling you, they'll be out of the house, right? Like, you have to sow time into your marriage. Yeah. And so when we go on dates, um, one of the things, we read a book called The Five Love Languages years ago yeah. in our small group, and we've taken concepts from that book. And when we go on dates, we ask one another, how are your, how are your love tanks? It's all about, like, your love tanks, and there's many different ways that you give and receive love. And so we'll ask questions like, hey, are we spending enough time together? Are, are we sharing enough physical touch? Am I appreciating you with my words? Mm -hmm. uh, all these different things. And we ask the questions to one another as checkups so that we know where we are in our marriage. Yeah, so depending on, just, just almost like investing in your soul, depending on the season of your marriage, um, how much money you have, uh, right. what, your, what your work life is, is like, all those sorts of things, the investment may look different, but the key is prioritizing investing in your marriage. Because, because listen, you will eat the fruit of that tree. Right. What you, what you put into that marriage is what you will get out of that marriage. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it, where you fertilize it, right? Come on, somebody. Don't lust after somebody else's marriage. Invest in your own marriage. Um, and, and another big, real, really big key about the seasons of, of marriage, I would even say, is investing in your one-day marriage. Come on, single people. So what happens is, one, thank you, single people, for being here because yeah. there are other single people who are not here. Because they complain whenever we do a family series. Oh, man, I'm not coming to this family series. It don't have anything to do with me. I'll come back when it's over. Why are we talking about marriage anyways? Well, you probably want to be married someday, don't you? So you better start watering and planting for that tree today. Because listen, your future spouse will thank you one day that you took notes, that you made changes. Yeah. Right? Like, because here's the deal, guys. A lot of people, I've said this before, but a lot of people are trying to find the one instead of becoming the one worth finding. Yeah. And so listen, if you, if you were fishing and you caught you, <laughs> would you keep you or throw you back? I know we're all, we think that we're the fishermen, but what if you're the fish? Would you keep you? Hey, it's a great time to invest in yourself, to grow. What's it like? You're gonna get married. Some of you, some people who aren't even here are gonna get married and the person's gonna be like, I thought you went to church and they talked about family. No, I just didn't go because it didn't apply to me, right? No, let's invest in every season and for the next season of life. Yeah, right? amen. <laughs> so we wanna sow into our soul when we're talking about our planting our family trees. We also wanna invest in that marriage, sow seeds for our marriage. And then the final thing we want to sow seeds into for our trees is our kids, our kids. And one of the ways we do that, the first way that we do that is, is connect them to Jesus. It's by connecting yeah. them to Jesus. Our highest priority is that our boys would walk with Jesus. And so from the day that they were born, literally, I mean, they couldn't talk, but maybe they just cried, right? But from the little time when they were babies, every night we had a routine, we would go in, we would pray over them, and we would read the Bible. And so as they went through preschool, elementary, as they continued to get older, that was our routine every night until they got to adolescence. So now they're older, and while we still have quality time with them, but since we sowed those seeds when they were younger, now they read and pray on their own. Now they have Bible reading plans, right? They came to faith at a really young age. Johnson baptized both of them, but it's because we sowed those seeds, consistent, disciplined, every night, pray, read the Bible. Even when our parents would come and stay with them, they prayed, read the Bible with them. They knew this is part of their daily routine. 
When we look at the scriptures in 2 Timothy 1.5, it tells us, uh, it says this, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. It's, we're talking about Timothy here. And Timothy's faith was imparted through his grandmother, through his mother. There was this generational blessing because they connected him to faith, just like we connect thank to God Jesus. For, for praying grandmas. Come on. Come on. Praying mamas. Yeah, I want you to notice, like, I, I, I was kind of insulted a little bit here um, by the Bible, but <laughs> Paul doesn't talk about his, Timothy's dad. Paul's talking about, this is Timothy, the, the leader, one of the leaders of the early church, about his spiritual lineage, yeah. which came from his grandmother and then from his mother. And so, listen, moms, I don't even know what was happening with his dad, but listen, moms, single moms, don't give up hope. Yeah. Come on, Timothy, Timothy. Timothy, we know Timothy's name because of his mom and because of his grandma. Yeah. And so don't give up hope. Continue investing in your kids. Right, and that's what we wanna give to our kids. Yeah. We want that generational blessing to flow down, that blessing of faith and just that connecting them to Jesus. And so uh, another way is just by making memories. Like we love to make memories and do fun things with our kids. So if it's Six Flags, it's Whitewater, let's go on a hike, right? Yearly, uh, as our kids were younger until they got to the age of mom, I'm too old for that. <laughs> which is primarily the way Isaac talks. Um, we take him to the pumpkin patch, like on a yearly basis, and we go pick out a pumpkin. Now, this we still do every year uh, for Christmas. Like once Thanksgiving hits, you better believe that Christmas tree's coming out. But I, this year, it never got put up in the boys' room. They still, yeah, they both still have, have their, their trees, own Christmas trees. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. They love Christmas <laughs> like their mother. But one of the traditions we've done with them is every year we go to the store and they pick out their own Christmas ornament. Like it's just a memory that we've made every year. So we have years of ornaments with their initials on the bottom and the year. So we make memories together. Those are things that they'll remember. And we have fun together, whether it's playing card games, going to see a movie. I used to get out on the trampoline and jump on the trampoline with them. Johnson loves to get out and throw football and baseball with them. I will attempt to throw football with them. I can do decent. It's, you know, attempt is a good word. Hey. Attempt is a hey. good word. I can throw sometimes. But we, the boys and I love to do carpool karaoke together. Like, that's a fun thing. And we have these table topic cards that we use at dinner. And so we love to just have fun together. And that's a great way that we can sow seeds into our kids, just things that they can remember as they step into their next season. Yeah, well, and, and one of the best ways, one of the most important ways to sow into your kids the, the next season is to prepare them for the future. Mm -hmm. Like, this is really big, guys. We see a lot of parents parenting for now, but not parenting for next, right? Jeremiah and I actually just, just uh, recently had this conversation about um, what is my role as dad, Right, and there's several roles, several, several roles that I carry. But one of my most important roles is preparing him for his future. Right. Right. So I, I'm going to talk to him different than Summer's going to talk to him. Any any marriages parents notice this? Right. That's that's okay. Right. Because moms have a role and dads have a role. Now, obviously, it's within the boundaries of Scripture the way we talk to our kids. But um, my job is to prepare him for him next. So I'm going to push him. Right, I, I'm not gonna be content with the status quo. I'm not gonna be content with certain attitudes. Why? Because I know this world doesn't see him as my son. This world just sees him as a dude, right? And so he has to go and represent Christ. I'm not just training, listen, I'm not just training up um, a seven-year-old or a 17-year-old. I'm training up a future husband. Right. Come on, a future boss, a future leader in, in, in this world. I'm. I'm leading beyond what I'm looking at. And so I have to call him higher. Yeah. This is why even, even that we kind of make this distinction in the certain seasons of our kids' lives, the difference between sheltering your kids and protecting your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, sheltering is don't let, you know, wrap them in bubble wrap. You know what I'm saying? Protecting is keep them from things that will kill them. Right. right? But we want them to be able to make mistakes. We want, listen, we want them to get hurt while they're in the house. Right. Rather than bubble wrapping them and protecting them and sheltering them from everything. And then they go out and they're like, what is all this? Right out there in the world. And we see a lot of kids, they go off the rails at that time. Why? Because parents parented for now, 
they didn't parent for next. And so when the season of being in the house was over, they went wild because we never prepared them for the season outside the house. Right, and so even you know, uh, for both of our sons, when they turned 13, we did a blessing ceremony for them, and where we laid hands on them. We had the leader men in their lives come and speak over them, and we basically said, "Hey, this this now begins the transition of stepping out of childhood and stepping into manhood, young manhood." They said, "Today, I see you as a man. You're a man growing up. Right? You're a young man." And um, and so what we basically did was made this commitment, and we asked them to make a commitment. Here's what we said. We said, if you will commit to us to listen to us, come on, somebody, you ever parented a teenager? If you commit to us to listen to us, to let, you, to let us lead you, to let us teach you and impart into you, then we commit to you that by the time you're 18 and you move out of the house, whenever in that season that that happens, you'll be ready. Yeah. You'll be ready because we want to parent for the next season. So depending on the season that your kids are in, depending on the season of life, depending on you know, what, whatever's going on in life or money, your investment may look different, but what's important is to invest in those trees, yeah. to invest in the trees of your kids. Amen, amen. Here's, here's the thing. Today, God is calling us to turn our mourning over our previous leaves to planting new and better seeds. Let me say that again. God is calling us from mourning over our previous leaves to planting new and better seeds. So maybe you're in this room, right? And maybe you're mourning about the harvest of your, of your parenting. Plant new, seeds. Plant new seeds. Plant new seeds, right? Maybe that means that you need to restore broken relationships with your adult children, or maybe that means you need to start reading with your younger children, Bible stories, praying with them, being consistent. Plant new seeds. Maybe you're mourning the harvest of your marriage, right? Plant new seeds. Maybe that means doing the hard work of confession and repentance where you've fallen short. Many times, we're waiting for the other person to repent. Can I tell you, take an act of humility and go before and repent. Maybe it, it's, it's taking the moment and just saying, hey, I, we're going to make sure we have date nights and vacations. If that means we go to the park and we just have a picnic, that's what we're gonna do. But man, plant new seeds. Maybe you mourn about the harvest of your own soul. Maybe you've never done that heart work. You've never processed through things. Plant new seeds. Plant new seeds. Maybe that means establishing a new habit of, of spending time with Jesus. Maybe you haven't done that. Maybe it just needs to be more consistent with him in the morning or, or worshiping him when no one is watching, getting in his word. Plant new seeds. Wherever you are today, we wanna challenge you to just live with this new seasons mentality because here's the thing. Until we die, let me say this. Until we die, no harvest is the final harvest. It is not the end. This is not the final chapter. It has not been written. It can feel like the final chapter, but until we see Jesus face to face, man, there are so many seeds we can still do. God can resurrect new things. God is a God of new seasons. And so if you're mourning the past, listen, our God's a new seasons of marriage, of, parenting, of parenting, and for your own soul. Our God is the God of new seasons. Yeah, it's good. Amen. Say it one more time. Our God is the God of new seasons. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I had to kind of pick my head up and realize that when, you know, how we, how we started um, the message here, when, when Jeremiah moves out of the house, whenever that day comes, we're not kicking him out like on his 18th birthday. It'd be like the next week. Um, <laughs> no, but whenever, you know, whenever that, whenever that day comes, um, that it's not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's not like our relationship's over. It's not like we're never gonna see him again. It's not the end of the story. It's the end of the season. It's the end of that chapter. And it's the beginning of a new season. It's the beginning of a new chapter yeah. that we need to be watering to and we need to be planting to. We need to be tending to that season. And yes, that is emotional, okay, that those leaves are on the ground. Like, I've listen, I've cried a lot. I've cried enough. Uh, maybe not enough. I'll probably cry more. But, but I'm learning to see leaves different. Yeah. In fact, as the great theologian Dr. Seuss would say, <laughs> don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. That hits, doesn't it? Maybe if you're a little bit older, that hits. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Yeah. 
So depending on the season of life, listen, young parents, it's true that the days are long, but the years are short. Mm-hmm. It goes by so fast. And it's my promise, I promise you, mark my words, that the things that frustrate you today, you will weep over tomorrow. Right? Like the, the change in diapers, the elementary years, all the homework, the chauffeur responsibilities. There will come a day when those leaves are on the ground. Yeah. Right? And I know right now you're like, thank you, Jesus. But there will come a day when you're like, oh, if I could have those back for a week. Right? If I could just be in that moment. So wherever you are, listen, sow into the moment. Yeah. Smile more in the moment. Come on, somebody. Smile more in the moment. <laughs> Celebrate more in the moment. But also realize that one day those moments will be over. Yeah. Those leaves will be on the ground. And a new season will be upon you. Yeah. A new season of getting married. A new season of just the two of you in the house. A new season of not working full time. And here's what I want you to remember. So today for that day. So today for that day. Amen. Amen. So here's what we want to do as we get ready to close. Is as we're talking about sowing today for that day, is we want to give you a moment now before you leave. And we want you to just have this time with the Lord. And we want you to just get in a posture of just receiving. Close your eyes, whatever that looks like for you. And we want you to just ask God this question. God, what seeds do I need to begin planting today that I will reap the harvest of in the future? God, what seeds do I need to begin planting today that I will reap the harvest of in the future? Could be in your own soul. Could be in your marriage. It could be in uh, parenting, just in that moment with your kid. But what is that? We're gonna give you a moment. in these still moments when we get before him. He can speak to us so clearly. And here's where I want to encourage you. It's a new day. It's a new season. So here's what we want to do. At some point today, as the Lord has just shared with you, I want to encourage you to share with maybe it's a friend or your spouse. Maybe just even process and commit to the Lord those seeds that you sense you need to plant and then begin to to see that work for that future harvest in your family. Make a decision, be disciplined, whether it's in your soul or in your marriage or with your kids, commit to that as you sow seeds for the future. here's what I know, you know, as we were, as we were talking a minute ago, we said the secret to every family, every good family is 1 John 4, 19, that we can only love each other because he loved us first. And if you think about it like this, there is going to come a day, and I know, I know we don't like to think about this, but there's going to come a day when the leaves of this life are on the ground. All the years have passed. All the seasons have gone by. And this life is over. And a new season will begin. And the question is this, right? You know, and this, this, your answer to this will transform your family. Are you ready for that season? And here's the beautiful thing is that our God is here today with the invitation to come into eternal life 
come into the love of God that transforms every area of our life, including our family, through faith in Jesus Christ. It changes everything. And so today the invitation is here to say, hey, <laughs> I wanna step into faith and new life and into the family of God and undergo the transformation that the love of God and the grace of God and the blessing of God will produce inside my life, which will then transform every other area of my life. And so if today, if, if, if the Lord is kind of moving on your heart to say yes to faith in Jesus, I wanna lead you in a prayer, just like right where you're at. And so let's pray like this. Let's pray, Jesus, today, I say yes to you. I confess, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, died for my sins, so I could be free. So today, I repent. I turn from my sin, my wicked ways. I say yes to Jesus. You are my Lord. You're my King. You're my Savior. Today, I receive forgiveness. Today, I give you my regret. Today, I receive a new identity. I am a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. I am born again. All things are becoming new. And I will live for you the rest of my days. And right now, I receive the love of God so I can give it freely. In Jesus' name. Right now, God, I bless these families. I bless these singles. I bless the marriages. God, I bless our children in this space and also in all the other spaces in this building or maybe we're watching online at home and our children are sitting next to us. God, we bless the families of this house. And God, I pray that every single family is entering into a new season of doing family on purpose. God, right now, rescue marriages that are on the brink of divorce. We curse divorce in Jesus' name. God, we call back in wayward husbands and wayward wives. God, we bless our children. We say that our children are gonna come to faith in Jesus Christ, are gonna be leaders in their generation. God, I thank you for your hand upon this house. I thank you for your hand upon these families. And I thank you for the gift of blessing. Yes. Right now, we receive that blessing into our families. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Amen.